Good afternoon, on this October 23rd, 2011. Hope you all continue to find yourself blessed in the Lord. And for those that may be listening today that only have a knowledge of Jesus, but have yet to not just confess with your mouth, our mouths, but believe in our in the heart, the name of Jesus, would highly recommend that um, you take a chance to do so today. Because, as the Bible says, today, meaning whatever current day it is, actually, is acceptable day of salvation. Religion has never, is never, and will never gotten anybody to the throne of grace and to the kingdom of heaven it has never there's no such thing or place as purgatory there's no such thing anywhere in scriptures sound scripture of appealing to those that have died before us uh, to help us or to get us into heaven and there is no woman of heaven as a few religions use the term. We're not talking about women of God. That's Esther or Ruth or things of that nature or even Rahab that was used mightily. We're talking about those that have put a woman either on the same level or higher level than Jesus. Never be. There's only one person that's higher Jesus. And actually he is him also. And that is God the Father. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. They are all one indeed. But they have three distinct areas that they cover, including administrations, operations, and the workings. We ourselves do not perform any work, had never performed any work, will never perform any work, but it's only when we fully, 100%, not 99.999%, but 100% fully submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord and Savior, not the Savior Jesus Christ. He is Lord and Savior. Lord is still first. We must bow down to Him. Not exactly sure why that came upon my heart. Somebody may need to hear it again. Or maybe even for the first time. Let me start off. I'm going to name this. A couple of weeks ago, God was started pondering something on my heart. And i got to share it with you. I'm going to have uh, four sets of scriptures, which I will read to you in momentarily. And I'm going to go ahead. I believe the Lord wants me to title this one, Where is Your Treasure? In other words, what are we seeking after? It should be rather, oh rather, who are we seeking after? The first scripture is Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. And I'll read it to you. Out of the, I'm reading it out of the, NASB New American Standard Bible. Okay, again, Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves, meaning ourselves, all of us, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves, 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 okay, uh, do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The next uh, set of verses that I will read is in Proverbs chapter 2, 1 through 5. Let us turn. Again, Proverbs chapter 2, 1 through 5. My son, this is God actually talking to uh, Abba Jesus first and then us. Actually, God talking to Solomon, because we know Solomon was used mightily to pen 
the Proverbs. But it's anyways. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. That's my place there. Uh, verse number four. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. The next uh, set of passages will be Proverbs three, thirteen through fifteen. Proverbs three. 13 through 15. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. And the last uh, passage is Psalms 119 verse 11. Psalms 119 Verse 11. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Let's kind of briefly touch upon and let's have a little discussion with the Lord of the lead. A little Bible study here. In the Matthew verses, um, when you look at the word and actually look up the, the root word, the Greek word for heart, it's cardia. Cardia basically is the center of our being. And we know the heart is supposed to be the center of our being. That's why Jesus has to come in when we confess with our lips and not or. That's not an option. That's a combined thing that has to happen. And only the Spirit can move upon us as far as the heart. Also go out and get people to confess with their lips without knowing, without truly being moved of the Spirit. And making sure that person has softened their heart. Because before Jesus, our hearts are like a rock. Some of us harder than others. I probably had a very hard rock. Um, we're so bent on, our heart is so bent on evil because of the sin nature. Cause for our first families. Uh, <clears throat> that's another discussion, but I'll just give a little tidbit now. Um, I had a discussion with somebody that tried to say our first family was Noah because it happened after the flood. But no, 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 no. Our first family had to go back to Adam and Eve. That's where the sin nature came from. The sin nature wasn't destroyed by the flood, physical flood, back then. It was only by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus. But anyways... We go back and look at the heart, the center of our being. And it is there, pretty much where our emotions are wrought out of. Our focus comes out of. Uh, that is like where we need to search deep inside of us before we take Holy Communion to ensure, well, in ourselves there's no worthiness. But... It is only in Christ Jesus who is worthy, and the only ones are worthy, and the only, and we ourselves, apart from Jesus, has absolutely no righteousness at all. For He is our righteousness, and He is our salvation, He is our strength. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. But, when Jesus comes into our heart, He saves us, washes us clean by His grace. And we have to continue seeking after that. We have to continue that same treasure that we found when we found Jesus, or rather, when He brought us to Himself, and He, you know, says, "I'm right here. Are you looking over there?" And we realize it, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to know and believe and understand that He is the Christ. Then He becomes the treasure inside of us, and it is Him we got to seek. More people still continue to go to church to seek religion, to seek. Man's word, or the word through man, and it's that we got to get away from. We have to get away from um, going to church and praying and wording just to seek. Now, yes, God will speak through that one, but God don't necessarily only speak through a physical building. 
Every one of those buildings. Every church building. I don't care how nice it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. A temporary. Jesus now with the Father and the Holy Spirit as one reside in us now. Oh, they're still seated on the throne in heaven. And we still, excuse me, we still come to our, um, the throne of grace. But in our heart, if we're still seeking after earthly things, and I mean seeking after, I'm not saying God's, there's certain things like a place to reside, whether it be a mobile place to go as the Lord leads, so as Philip, you know, back then they really didn't need that stuff. Because everything was close enough, whether it be a day or two, where they could go on foot. But now, we, you know, there's not no places we can't go necessarily on foot. We gotta remember when Philip was taken from Samaria during one of the largest revivals, probably that none of us has seen. We may, we may see what appeared to be like a revival. They ain't revivals, brothers and sisters. Or friends and family. Revival is what we've read about in scripture. That's the kind of revival we need to be praying for and not this crap that our churches call revival. And yes, I use the term crap boldly. Because most of the time, it's just so they can get more people in their pews. They can get more tithes and offerings. They can get more funding. They can say, hey, look, you know, this is what God's doing. He's adding 3,000 people in, his, you know, uh, in this church. We need to be praying for the body of Christ around the world. That God add more to the family. Not just looking at our little church. Even pastors need to be saying it's not just about our little congregations. Our little churches. Don't know where that came from. We're seeking a treasure down here. We're seeking big buildings down here. We're seeking to have an enjoyable life down here. Is there not a scripture which is very strongly coming to mind right now that I can't quite place where it's at. I know it's in the Gospels. Um, I remember reading, I'm even not sure what version of the Bible it's here, but it talks about where Jesus warns us, says, you have sought your treasures down here and have done nothing up in heaven for eternity. Those treasures are always temporary. Now, we're not talking about clothes on our backs, food in order to keep these bodies nourished and going, uh, or some kind of housing. Those are still temporary. And actually, I'm struggling right now because I have a need for the housing one. I am not to always reside with my parents' home. They raised me. They raised me to always love people. And to be, they instilled upon me God's giving nature. I really find it very hard to receive. I haven't learned. I'm still trying to learn how to receive God's grace. I know it's for others. And I just got confirmed that in service today. And there are many of us. And I know without a doubt. I don't know who. But I'm talking to somebody else also. We know God's for us. We want to give God away to others. But God is also for ourselves too. That grace is also for ourselves too. That love. Those arms that are wide open. Are for us to run into. And to sit before. To weep over. To cry. If I start crying now, just pray for me. Because <laughs> I'm near tears right now. But um, I've had needs and God's provided every one of them. And he'll provide this one through whoever he chooses. Uh, it, within the body or without the body. Let's jump over to it. But again, let's seek it out. Search for Jesus who's her, his main throne now is set up in our hearts and our new hearts. What are we still seeking after? We're still seeking after what was in the old heart. That old heart is gone. It's been cut out. It's been surgically removed. Not when man's not any surgery. We can't go to a physician and pay zillions of dollars so they can get rich and say, oh, well, you need a heart bypass out there. If we're in Christ, we've had the heart bypass. We've had the best heart bypass that there ain't nobody in the billionaire, um, Steve Jobs. Uh, the billionaire, former billionaire, oh, Steve Jobs, I'm sorry. The billionaire, oh, that's bad. I'm forgetting, uh, the Microsoft founder. Oh, Bill Gates, I'm sorry. 
brain uh, brain freeze or senior moment, as some of you young people call me. God's going to remember that. I love you. Um, that old heart's gone. Why are we still thinking it? Our old beings are dead. They've been cru- they've already been crucified. We need to stop. When we say we die daily, that's just reminding us that the work Christ did already is done. It's finished. He said it's done. It's finished. We sat back down to Father. I'm sure he said he finished again. You know, Father knew he was coming back to him because he's the one that drew him back there. It says that you're still your seat, still there. I'm sure they looked at each other and said it's done. We just need to enjoy it now. We just need to sit before him. So that's the treasure. The treasure is sitting on the right hand of the Father. The treasure is Jesus. The treasure is the knowledge of the two of them. This Bible is not about us. This Bible is about Him. About Jesus. That's it. We need to be seeking it. This is His living words. He spoke. He was telling us about Himself. And what He wants to do still on the earth. Those He wants us to go to. Those, you know, His word is you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There are still others that need to repent. There are others that are sitting on comfortable little cushions, cushy church pews that don't want to go out the door and just want to go back to that same church every single day out there and not hear the sound message but not take it out into the world. We go there Sunday. We go there Sunday night. We go there Wednesdays. We worship. We, just, you know, we love the worship band. We love the choirs. You know, We love the awesome music out there. God's given us instructions to go out, but we're not going out. Because out there it's uncomfortable. Out there it's hard. Out there it's difficult. Out there we're going to get... Sometimes we're going to get marched. We may even get punched. I don't wish on anybody. We're going to praise God when it happens. And if it does, if He wishes to allow it to happen, but it may or may not. Only God knows if that's going to happen and who. And if they get punched and we don't react back out there, except saying God still loves you. And I still love you too because God's given me a love for you. We don't know what that would do to somebody. Somebody may not experience that kind of love. They may not know what that treasure is. They may still be seeking after treasure for themselves. We are seeing people seeking all kinds of treasures now. We're seeing the rich. When we actually think how the rich got richer, we're just thinking rich by giving to others. And God giving back to them because they give to others. Because God knows that the more they give to them, the more He gives to them, they're going to give it away. The more God's grace is poured out upon us, we got to pour that same grace. He knows it's going to be poured out through us. And ain't just going to stop at us. It ain't going to damn up with the message that the Lord gave me before that I pray that some of y'all heard. It's it's up online now. Uh, it's been online. Some of y'all probably won't even listen to it because you don't want to hear it because your hearts are becoming hardened again. Remember, clay can still dry out unless it's constantly watered by that living water. Wow, I'm getting messages left and right here. Let's jump over to the Proverbs one. Verse 4 is the key. That's what you know, I've come to learn right now. The knowledge of God is the true and eternal treasure, which is pretty much what we touched upon before. We need to look at that again. What's in our heart? What treasure are we looking at? The treasure is Jesus. In the, the knowledge. We got the only God who wants to reveal himself. Who has revealed himself every single day. We didn't even, even before we became, I became born again in my late 30s. So it's like almost like I wasted 38 years of my life pursuing foolish things. We pursue, us men pursue what we want to be our wives. If we pursue Jesus in the knowledge of Him, if it's His plan and purpose for us to be married, if we just think, He's already got His chosen mate for us. The same with you ladies. Look at Jesus. who show you who, she spo- who you're supposed to go to for your ladies. Just seek Him. He wants to make sure that we're seeking Him for Him, not to get things out of it. That was another confirmation I got that I thought I was going to fall on the floor and cry. Still may as the day goes by, and so will some of you. we got to seek after Him. I ain't learned it yet. If somebody else has learned it, tell me how you're doing it. Because I ain't done it yet. Uh, I keep trying every time I start. I either missed up, I either maybe I need crutches to walk or somebody. I don't know. 
some of it is supposed to be humor. I must be tired. Trying to work with uh, three days off when you work ten hours. <laughs> you work four days. That's a guy's strength. The body comes very tired. It takes us. It'll take me a whole week of resting before the Lord. But then I become lazy. I don't want that. Let's jump over to the Proverbs chapter 3 verses. There's a list there that God provides for us that proves us. I mean, we'll seek after, even now we're seeking after gold, silver, jewels. You know, people still saying the holding gold for a reason, the holding gold for the gold standard. Because that's the way this nation used to be done. Don't we know that somehow that may be the money that the Antichrist may be using? Gold? We may go back to our gold standard? Because it's an earthly gold? It's a physical gold? And we're going to jump down what, as far as the treasure. Do we not remember that back in the... I think it was the 1800s, 1800s, the gold rush, you know, that started in different locations. I think Carolina had one. I think the New England had one. The biggest one that ever was in California, the gold strikes. But during that time, there was also what's called, I think it's called pirate. I'm not sure my pronunciation. Forgive me if it's wrong. I'm not asking for correction. Just look it up and just, you know, and general conversation. Give me the correct one. A guy didn't go chase me for not knowing the correct pronunciation. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Another term for it is fool's gold. Who's the fool? Who's the liar? His name is Lucifer. His, he was a liar as the, Jesus calls him. He's a liar from since, since he was born. There's no truth in him. He, can dis, he tries to disguise himself as an angel of light. And he still can't do it to perfection. But he can do it enough to deceive many people. And he's doing it in pulpits. In a, more so in America. But around the world. And he's been doing it since. Right back as I think remember. Maybe since Jesus went back to the throne. Okay, because we haven't been seeking after Jesus. As the only treasure. We're seeking after the pirate. We're seeking after the fool's gold. We're seeking after Lucifer's earthly temple stuff. A lot of that stuff will come, but we need to genuinely and righteously go with God's strength and God's power. Get on our knees. Take that time. I said, I'm tired, but I'm going to open up. i got to talk to God. i got to pour out my heart. We've even turned prayer into just providing a list. Okay, I pray for that one. If we, When we see for us brothers, sisters that are on Gideon's call, we send a prayer request out. You know, put it, that's how you put it down on a piece of paper and bring it as a guy as a checklist. God ain't a checklist type of God. God's our Father. He's, he's also God. He's also Lord. He has, he has both, he's got the justice in him. He's also the judge. We've already been judged. We've been washed clean now only because Jesus is in us. Not because of anything we do. We need to get around when, when I hear, I am so sick of hearing the Father. Is sick of hearing it. Because he's dumped it into my spirit. Of hearing people say. Oh I saved up. I didn't buy things until I saved the money. Until I had it. That is the devil's. One of the devil's dangerous tricks in this world. Where. After we get that thing. And we think we've saved enough money. We can't save enough money to buy anything. But if we're willing to do that with automobiles. Why won't we do that with a car? When we finally save it. We say oh I saved up. Wait a minute. Didn't God provide us with the work? Didn't God provide us? So many young people out there are going out working 60, 70 hours each. Not seeing each other. Not coming together. Now we're talking husbands and wives here. Not boyfriends and girlfriends. Not people living together. And calling that marriage. There's no such thing as a common law marriage. In God's provision. It's when he brings two together. And we stand before some kind of a minister. Or somebody that has. There are state ones. I think they're called justices of the peace. You know. Things still be honored by God. Because remember God set up government. There's nothing in scripture says. that had, You got to pay $200. That's probably for a small church. To a minister to marry you. The states has regulations where you have to have a license. Which they in all states recognize it. That's what we're doing with gay marriages now. That will never become. It may be legal in man's eyes. That may never be legal in woman's eyes. But if we take that covenant. God will honor that covenant of marriage. That's it. When we get divorced. 
I mean, we're just telling God, I'm not going to trust you. Know, I won't trust the marriage covenant. But I trust your covenant? No, 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 no. Yeah, if, you're, if we're not going to trust one treasure, if we're not going to trust one covenant, we're basically not trusting God's covenant. Because God is still the God of marriage. I mean, yes, I'm not talking the infidelity uh, or death of the uh, regions. For those of y'all who don't even, there's no, if there's any condemnation, that's right now, let's throw the devil out. Get, devil, get behind us. And Jesus, if you're already defeated. He's nothing. He, he's a loser. Matter of fact, we don't even talk to him. Um... We don't talk to losers. We don't talk to defeated. We talk to the redeemed. We talk to those that are lost saying Jesus loves you. Come unto you. But um, back to the treasure. We gotta seek the treasure. We gotta seek after him. We gotta stop seeking after that pirate. After that fool's gold. We need to stop. We need to stop seeking after the things. I mean. I have a major thing. It was just like. God is preparing me to go into a very very darker city. Than what I came from. Than the beautiful city of Charlotte. But it's a bigger city. It's a key and critical city in America. God is calling right now. I know, and maybe one of you that's listening to it. God is calling somebody to go to LA, to go to San Francisco, maybe even to go to Dallas or Houston. Maybe go to Florida. Every city, every small town, God is calling us to go through and bring back His gospel again. He sent various ministers. He sent Jonathan Edwards to New England. It started off the greatest revival ever to happen on this earth. And I read his farewell sermon and it was religious. It was the He was cast out just like uh, Jesus was cast out. And just like Peter and John were cast out. And just like Paul was cast out of different cities. But you know what? We ain't really cast out. That's this guy saying, okay. Fine, your work is here done. The Holy Spirit says, I need you to go over here now. I mean, I use the term cast, just use the term cast out. We use the term cast out. It's not that it's disobedient or sin, not going down that one. But it's basically God just doing, okay, time for you to go over there now. You become too comfortable here. We are comfortable creatures. God provides us comfort, but our comfort is supposed to be in Him. It should never be in a place. It should never be in a church. It should never be. Then this is the big one. And this is going to sting someone. And brother or sister. if God's, It may not be God speaking to somebody. That's going to hear this directly. But you may know somebody. That. Excuse me. That's embracing this. But this is a major one right now in America. And had been for years. God never tells us to put our comfort in a culture. Period. That one's going to sting somebody. Don't come in here. If you're coming in there with any kind of hatred or ready to fight me physically, you're listening to the devil. Because God will never do that. This is coming. I don't know what God means by that. I don't know who somebody God wants to reach. Maybe he's taken me out of that himself. I don't know. That was very strong on my spirit. I purpose, like y'all purpose, to only desire to hear God's word, to, to grow in his knowledge. Maybe somebody may take it mistaken. I may have taken mistaken. That's why the Lord, I believe, had me say, it may not be for somebody that's Directly listening to this message, but may perhaps it needs to be passed on to somebody that's following that one. But that's it. But when we look at around America with the eyes God gave us, and it will truly not dim. Remember, Eli became dim. His own kids were disobedient. He had no control. If you look in the New Testament, Eli should have been removed. He was seeking after the wrong treasure. He allowed the fire of God to go dim. The very room that Samuel was in. But in that little dim eye. Oh hallelujah. God still spoke. In that little dim light. God was still there. God doesn't need no big burning bush. Always. He don't always speak to a burning bush. He'll speak for a little flame. You know, Somebody take a match. Or the electric one. Don't hold the match too long. Strike it. Light it. Look at that little light. That's all the light. God needs to ignite a fire. That's all the light it takes to ignite a forest fire. We got things that need to be burnt up on the earth. 
burnt up out of our lives. When God prunes us, does He not use fire? Does He not try us with fire? That's burning out all the inequities. That's making us like pure gold, the real gold. That gold we will look. We gotta remember when Jesus steps out on the clouds, says, "Let's go, sons and daughters. Let's go, children. Come up here." Only us that are sensitive and strongly to His voice will be caught up together. He'll snatch us out. He'll look probably similar to what the way His angels grabbed Lot and make sure Lot had his hands on his family. But we know his wife. His wife loved the world more. She looked back and was turned in his pillars up. That's all that was left. That one's even coming another one too. Where was her, you know, what was that salt? She became too salty. She got destroyed. That's all that was left was the salt. There was nothing left. Her spirit inside, her soul was completely salty. That's all that was left was a pile of salt. And then his daughters didn't have the real treasure. They weren't even saved. Apparently. Because look what they did out there. You know, they got her, got the father drunk. I mean, we would do anything to get people out of the way, to put people out of our lives, that we in fact know that God has their hands upon us and upon y'all. We will push them out of the way. We would get them out of the ministry. We would uh, take them out of the way because they don't want God's truth. Because they're not making money off of somebody. We so much want... There are many ministries still on this earth. And they will be on this earth until God's judgment gets poured upon this earth during that time. And prayfully they wake up before then obviously. Because I don't want to see anybody fall back away and be left behind. God doesn't want to see as he said in Peter's. Let's kind of go on. Let's kind of touch upon the last verse. I try not to have Whatever the Lord puts upon my heart to be long. Kind of goes off a little bit. Probably several messages in there. But uh, let's look at those Psalm 119.11. If Jesus truly is the treasure in our hearts. If we're truly born again. Again that's probably where second. I believe it's second Corinthians chapter 11. That wasn't even written in my notes. Uh, second Corinthians chapter 11. You know. Is it chapter 11 or chapter 12? Yeah. Boy, that wasn't even close. I have to go back and look at Second Corinthians chapter eleven tonight. Second uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, uh, where I believe it's verse five. Test yourselves, which means ourselves, to see if we are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? I mean, we need to look back again. That wasn't even part of the original notes but if he's in our heart today we're going to seek him you know that one says the treasure the verse says the word mentioned as being treasured which some people may interpret a word as being the bible well yeah it is but does not John chapter 1 remind us that we are not the lights we are not the words Jesus is the word word was what what's it say word was with God of God, of God, with God, and is God. Jesus Himself is the Word. So again, when we pick up this Word, we're, you know, we should not be reading it just for uh, entertainment or just for the sake of saying we've read it as in it's an obligation. But rather, Lord, what will you show me about yourself? Open your Word. We should be every single day morning and night before we go out the door whether it be to school or to work or whatever uh, whatever the case may be uh, before we go out the door even to go for a walk or something like that or, to, or maybe even walk the dog uh, those that have a doggy we should be going out the door and say Lord show me something new in your word show me something new about yourself that I didn't know or expound upon something that you've been showing me for a while just show me just you know, pour more grace upon grace grace should be abounding in our lives as ever more but we become dull of hearing we search after we search after other things we search after these things and a lot of things may not be bad it's just like you know, I've been seeking for a job 
for about four and a half years now, just a steady income. I've never wanted to be rich. Oh, wait a minute. Correction. In my fleshly life, in my old fleshly goals, I wanted to be, um, you know, financially independent. I believe is a Satan's lying term. Uh, but the more I became, once I became born again and God got a hold of me, uh, finally, praise God that He did, it began to show me I was seeking after the wrong person. I was seeking after the wrong things. Seeking after the wrong treasure. It's not a matter of financial independence. We're already independent and uh, set free, in the, which is pretty much another definition of independence we should never be independent of God it should never be we should have no independence other than being set free from sin our sin debt has been paid off in full and it's washed away no debt collector anywhere on this earth can collect that Satan will try and come and him and his demons will try and come and collect that sin debt but it's, it's been pew, at the cross it's been paid in full. Boom. Stamped. Even. Uh, I don't, I've never seen a scripture yet. Yeah. Maybe. It's, he's. He's used that as a tool. I don't know. But I haven't seen a scripture. Even when God. Even would allow. Lucifer. To come and tempt us in that area. Because that would be without a bird. I'm not sure. Not sure where that came from. Um, but we need to stop pursuing after. Uh. The ugly things of this world. Because that stuff as we see. Are wasting away. We see in all these storms. That all those treasures that we held dear to our heart. Are being taken away. There. I've seen brothers in Christ. That so grab a hold of. Homes. Or so grab a hold of. One particular job. That they'll. They'll feel that if they let go of it. Then they'll die. Brother. Take your hands so tightly off of it. Remove it. I mean, I've met so many retirees that lived, been living what false prophets say the good life is. The materialistic life. And now that the stock market is being shook from us, the materialism, even CEOs, they were bragging about their big grand cultures and now they're seeing it waste away. They were used seeing Amazon as a money pit of you can work for three months, 60 hours a week, 50, 60 hours a week, and then you can play the rest of the year. Brothers and sisters, we are caught up in it as a body of Christ. We have a commandment from the Father to go and tell them, you're gone after the wrong scripture. Many of them are believing that line that God has already, this is be at least the third time that he's brought it up to us. That believe God only helps those that help themselves. The prayer we should be praying for ourselves as war, as well as those entrusted, for those of you that are teachers or pastors, either called or actually performing it, those that have had some of the Lord's sheep given to us, I dropped a ball on that one. And I'm gonna, ha- I'm the one's gonna have to stand before, we're all gonna have to stand before the Lord what treasure we sought after. He's going to show us on that day. Luckily, praise God, it won't be for salvation to go into hell. But it is not going to be a pretty sight when he puts us across saying, you have people in your head and you cause them to stumble. You have people that I've called, brothers and sisters, that I've called the ministry that you took their eyes off of it to get it out of fleshly things. I probably have some people that I have caused to stumble because of my on fire for the Lord. Because I took my eyes off the Lord. And we're going to have to answer for that. We're going to have to stand before Him. What did you do with my name? In, in my name. On that day when the rapture occurs. Now that one again is not the great throne, white throne judgment. That one's for those that just completely rejected the, re, reject the Lord. Or turn away and say, I don't need the Lord Jesus. 
We need to keep praying for those people that the Lord can continue to do His work by His Holy Spirit to soften their hearts and bring them to that place of brokenness and salvation. Whatever it takes. We need to stop praying that whatever it takes prayers. I used to pray the same thing in my life, Lord, whatever it takes. Shake it up. That brings them to the deathbed and He sends one of His ministers, one of us, in there to proclaim on that day. Then so be it. We need to have the ears of... Remember, Abraham... Uh, no, was it Abraham? Or was it Mo- no, Moses is the one that's coming to mind, but Abraham, I believe, also. They died. Their eyes were still clear. And their ears were not dull to God's, to God's voice. David, I believe, died that way. We know he's with the Lord. Eli, we've already talked about in chapter 3, that was clear. Eli had become dull of hearing and dim to the Lord. Didn't say whether he ended up in hell or he died or not, but it sounds like his whole family was destroyed because of that. He shouldn't have been a minister any longer according to the new te- what it says in the New Testament. We're confused in the New Testament, twisting it, because we're still caught on the fleshly nature. Another thing that came out that got confirmed today that I've been wondering, and this is going to confirm I'm still, Lord, still working in that area was, we have so grown up. Hang on, we got to find my notes. Okay. We are so taught, it came predominantly here in Western civilization. What is written in Colossians 2.21, basically, that we, you know, that we have to see touch, uh, you know, we have to see the paycheck, we have to see the stuff, you know. Remember, Thomas still presenting, you know, Thomas wanted to see, see Jesus, see his scars, and he chasing him for it. I mean, he didn't, I mean, he answered it. God knows the human side of us will eventually have to see something manifest itself. You know, that's why he shows us on occasion. He doesn't have to. He's not under any obligation. He's not even under obligation to save us if you think about it. He could just you know, he could easily create wipe everything. He could easily create not even save Noah and his family. Which is created. It just we'd done the whole world back then. But that's not who he is. He is a God of love. But he wants a relationship. And a relationship with somebody you don't automatically cast them out. Would you draw them near to you by your love? Now some people will always reject them. And we know that. And that's grieving. The words already said there will be some that will be cast in the in out of darkness. There will be there will be many that will go with the white throne judgment. Still got a family member. It's still living a lifestyle that doesn't need to be living. And that lifestyle can only end up one place. Hell. You still got many religious that say, Oh no, judge not unless you judge out there. Yes, it's like judge. No, that's judging on appearances. We have still to judge right you know, look for righteousness, look for justice, look for oppress. But again our motivation should be out of love and not out of judgment. And yes, that is a fine line. And we're we're always gonna continue to screw up on that. But it's better to try and screw up than to not have tried at all. Ooh, that was good. Uh, God is good. But the prayer, again, the prayer we need to be praying for everybody, especially for the younger generation, is in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. That they become the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, that that become evident to them. That become revealed in them, especially those that are brand new believers. They need to know of the knowledge of God. God's going to provide our needs. God's going to somehow make a way. You know, I just got confirmation. We both made an error. I made an error. And I'm confessing for you, my brothers and sisters, and asking that you know, we praise God that because I was faithful enough to come to God saying, God, I screwed up again. He is faithful enough to forgive me. You know, that's not a scripture, but it's the same meaning. So it wasn't twisted. That's uh, just using current today's terms. But if that other person was in fact a brother, he screwed up. The email he sent me, if he would have gone back and looked at the emails, he would have realized, oh, I never implied that. When I asked him, I said, well, who am I selling it to? There was no one regarding my former RV. 
You know, I said in the title. It was implied. We should never imply everything. That's why I like writing instead of verbal. And as I'm saying before somebody, that's why I have the scriptures in front of us when we preach. Ministers should be so in tune with the Holy Spirit. And as God writes stuff down, you list it. You write it down so you can go back and look saying, okay, I talked about that scripture. That's what it says. Okay, good. That's what I heard God. That's what he told me to say. And that's what he told us to say. But we need to be praying that one. So the RV is gone. I have nothing. Just the van, which is expired currently. God's favor and God's grace is doing that. I mean, he's taught me how we don't need to speed anywhere. We should never be going anywhere. We should be urging enough where we need to speed. He's given us his discerning spirit, his Holy Spirit, that keeps us safe. If there's deer getting ready to run out in front of us, he's given us enough warning. Whether we listen or not is another one. Giving us enough warning. Stop. If there's a car that's just not going to stop at a stop sign, he's given us his discerning spirit, enough spirit to say, well, let them go. You know, we'll hang back. We'll downshift. Whatever. To avoid an accident until such time. He's going to provide, whether it's financial resources to purchase this this motorhome, or he's going to provide the right one. He does not want me. I mean, I believe for so long the devil, you know, that he wanted me to live in a tent or live in my van. He does not want me. He's already confirmed I don't need to be wasting rent getting a landlord wealthy. Or going in, you know, he definitely does not want debt. He doesn't want debt with any of us. Those are in debt. Ask the God to somehow remove you from that debt. God doesn't need to say a thousand times he wants debt. Um, he doesn't need to say a thousand times for us to do something. He just needs to speak. He wants to be able to speak once and we do it. He says no debt, period. Oh, no man, nothing. That's debt. That's bondage. That's, that's doing the work of the Egyptian, a pharaoh. That's falling right back into the bondage that he took us out of. That's falling back into the devil's trap. That's locking yourself in. Removing us. God can empower. God's got the right job. He's got the right ministry. He's got the right set of people that need to hear his word. Some some won't receive it. I'm having a hard time with that one. I need your prayers for that one. Some will mock. I don't know. I may even be thrown in jail. I definitely don't want that one. His grace has been there in the past. has kept me out of uh, a jail cell. Except when I was visiting a friend. I also got up on my heart to uh, make it over to uh, Polk County. Where I have one of the Lord's young people. That is sitting behind bars till next year. Has responded to a letter. Still praying for him. God knows who he is. We don't always have to mention a name. If somebody may know somebody. If God doesn't always want us to reveal the person's name. God knows who it is. He knows who he put on our heart to pray for. We don't, We think it's. We always have to provide somebody's name. We could just say a friend of a friend. Or a relative. We name him. There are times when. It will reveal. A trust that will... Something that's been entrusted to us. I'm fighting for the words because I'm trying to listen to God. The best way to explain it. There may be times that if we reveal the person's name. Then that could cause somebody that's still stumbling and gossiping. To go and gossip. I think that was... Let's hope it worked. I pray for spirit on that one. Um, I think that's about it. And then the, probably the last one, the biggest treasure, when we seek Jesus, the true treasure, He is the counsel. He is God. So we're thinking His counsel. When we seek, another treasure that we seek is man's counsel, man's wisdom. We think we can go to an elder and every time. That elder's not perfect like we are. I mean, yes, I'm not knocking any elders. Praise God for y'all. May God continue to bless you and order your steps and ordain your ministry that He has entrusted to you. And may you stay 100%, not 99.999, but 100% in His grace. And may you yourself, not just you and your wife, if you're married, but you and yourself, to be growing in, growing in the grace. And may grace abound in your life. But, 
May the only counsel that you give back never, repeat, never should be man's counsel. Never should be man's wisdom. It should always be what thus says the Lord. There's going to be time you're going to be mistaken. God may even say we'll add an addendum out there that go and verify it. But God is always going to speak through His Scripture. Because we know Lucifer does well, attempts to, but we know he twists it, as he did with Jesus in Matthew and Luke chapter 4. Either 1 through 10 or 1 through 11. 1 through whatever. I think 10 or 11 verses. you got so many of these people. You know, pray for grace for as long as I'm here. Pray for a young man, Paul, that's growing in the Lord. And a brand new believer, Sean, that is caught up in... That is getting mixed up with a misinterpretation of Hebrews chapter 6. Regarding, there was a group of young men that I just found out that is caught up in Hebrews 6. Thinking that you're losing your salvation. That is not what that verse is saying. I'm still praying as to clearly what, how it means. But that is not losing your salvation. we got to remember the also words in Jesus that confirms that. It says, when we are in His hand, there is no one or nothing that can take us from His hand. we got to think of whose hands we're talking. When we confess with our lips, our mouth, and we profess and believe in our heart together equally again, that one's being instilled for somebody. Somebody needs to hear that one. It's not just a matter of, oh, when we hear the words, that means they got saved. We sure about that? Or do we push, push them to say a little religious prayer? That's something that's got to be pondered around this nation too. And I hope many brothers and brothers and sisters and fellow ministers, actually we're all fellow ministers, uh, those older fellow ministers that grew up teaching that heresy, hear it and hear the Lord. Romans 10.9 alone clears. Even in Acts it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus. That's just not a fleshly, superficial, mouth-believing prayer. That's a heart-believing prayer. That's a heart change. That can only come from the chief surgeon. That can only come from non-man's hand surgeons. We can't do that one. We are to be used as his vessels, willing. When we're submitted, we go see God doing that. We should be seeing God doing miracles every day. When we truly proclaim his word, not for ourselves, or not to add to our you know, individual church bodies. But we should be doing it by God's leading and by God's power. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Father God, thank you for showing us, enlightening to us. What? Uh, who exactly is our treasure? Thank you for being our treasure. May you teach us and so order our steps and so order our prayer lives and our Bible reading time to just reveal more and more of your treasure in your mysteries. The mysteries of the gospel, the mystery of the kingdom of God, the mysteries about you. I mean, we're going to have an eternity still learning, but it's going to take eternity just to learn about you. And we thank you for that. Thank you for your grace. May grace continue to abound upon each and every one of us. Father God, may you continue to pour out your wisdom and your knowledge upon us. May we grow in your wisdom and your knowledge, not in man's wisdom and knowledge. May we continue to seek you. May we continue to fall in love with you each more every day. In Jesus' name, love you all.